Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of Gab and Grow, a podcast about the people, places, and resources available at Western Connecticut State University. There's so much to know about WCSU, and to be successful, you've got to jump right in and go for it. And we're here to try to make that just a bit easier for you. My name is Mary Beth Griffin, and by day, I'm the Director for Residential Programs and Staff in the Department of Housing and Residence Life. By self-appointment, however, I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm welcoming all of you who are listening. Today, we have an important subject that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about registration readiness and all that you need to know to register for your classes for the coming semester. With us today to talk about this is Mr. Keith Govin. Govin? Govin. Govin. Um, the registrar. So welcome to our podcast. Glad to be here. Great. Um, many of the students who I think are going to be listening to this are going to be first-year students who had their registration initially done for them. And so this go-round is probably going to be their first time walking through a registration process on their own. And so, um, you know, some of them have registered in high school. It's not significantly different than some of the things are, but there are some procedural things that might be different here at Western that they might have to do. So I'm wondering if maybe we could just kind of walk through from getting ready to register through what happens there, if you want to yeah. walk and us through that. <laughs> you are correct. The freshmen are registered uh, prior to them arriving for right. orientation. They have an opportunity to add drop during mm -hmm. the summer, during their orient orientation periods. Then once school starts, uh, they're assigned their advisor. Mm -hmm. Their advisor is the person who they will work with during their next four years to register for classes. Um, that process actually will begin in mid-October. Okay. Um, and that will be due to the uh, registration opening for students on November 1st or just about that time period. Great. So they find their advisor. They find out who that is. How? Their advisor will be assigned beforehand. Okay. We'll send them an email. In addition, before registration begins, usually a couple weeks, maybe three weeks before registration actually begins, mm -hmm. we send them an email that tells them who their advisor is and when their registration okay. period begins. All right. And that's just talking on the email because I've been emailing students all day about some other things in housing. And one of the things I think it's really important for people to know is to make sure your university email is activated because you get so much information that's sent to that. So, you know, if we're in mid-October and you haven't activated your email yet, you've missed a lot of stuff already. Absolutely. So. <laughs> and the fact that uh, from our office we deal with a lot of sensitive information, mm -hmm. we only will send informa sensitive information to their uh, WCSU email address. Right. Sometimes professors will will send to a you know personal email or something, but most of the business end of of WCSU they send directly to that school email. So. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so they they get the information from you about when their registration date is, and then they get their they know who their advisor is. And we talked with um, Isabel Carvalho a few weeks ago about um, that relationship with the advisor and things and, and how important that is. Hopefully they've already spoken with their advisor before they ever get to this point, but then they should be or making an appointment with their advisor before they get ready to register, right? Absolutely. And in the email, we give them some tips on how to uh, go through the process, you know, mm -hmm. first of which making 
an appointment with their academic advisor. Mm -hmm. They can look at the classes on open close mm -hmm. before they meet with their advisor, so they get an idea of what schedule they would like to have. Mm -hmm. And then when they meet with their advisor, they'll have an opportunity to adjust that schedule. Okay, and then when it's their day to register, what happens? I know it usually opens at midnight, is that? Absolutely. Yeah. This, there will be students up until midnight, and mm -hmm. then uh, we'll see a mad rush to get mm -hmm. online to go to their banner uh, web area and actually do the registration process. Oh, great. Yeah, I know um, my daughter is a student here, and so, you know, every year when registration time comes up, and she's a kind of early night person, so she's usually in bed 10-ish, and, you know, registration time, she's like chugging coffee, <laughs> trying to stay up to make sure she gets in and gets her stuff done. So Yeah, the first registration day um, last year, we had about 400 students register wow. between 12 and 1230. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if, um, if a student has, when they go to do this, they're logging in to their Banner account to their do Their Banner web account, okay. and they can access that from the WCSU uh, .edu webpage, mm -hmm. and then on the right-hand side, there's a link to all that information. Okay, and so then they just go in and they're typing in the course numbers and... Right. We, yeah. we will oftentimes use what's called a CRN, the course registration mm -hmm. number, and it, for the fall, it starts with the one zero, and then for the spring, it starts with the four zero. That is a number that the student really does need to have mm -hmm. because that's crucial to getting the right course right. into the system. So let's, um, it usually, if you had 400 students doing this in the first half hour of it, it's not a process that takes a long time then, right? No, the, the, mm -hmm. the majority of the time is going to be spent with your academic advisor and finding a schedule that's going to work for you. The easier part is going to be the day that you register and putting the CRN number in. There may be issues if a course is closed. You mm -hmm. may have to find a different section or a different course. But overall, the, that's going to be the easiest piece. So if a student is registering and they run into trouble with that, I'm guessing there's not somebody they pick up a phone and call at that time of night, but they can stop over the next day or? Yeah, the registrar's office is always available, and we'll have some students that just do not want to register online, and mm -hmm. they'll come to the window, and we'll yeah. register them at the window as well. Uh, there are some courses that may either have a prerequisite. That means mm -hmm. you have to take one course before taking that course. Okay. So the student may find that error. Mm -hmm. They may have a permissions requirement, so they may have to wait for the instructor or department chair to approve a course okay. for them to be on there. And the department chairs can do that through online. They don't even have to get a signed piece of paper. They just go to the department chair. The department chair mm -hmm. would put the permission in, and then the student can register. Oh, that's great. That's great. It's been so long since I've registering. They were they were just starting to do online stuff <laughs> when I was when I was back in school. Um most of the time, it's a pretty easy process then. By the time that people actually get to the point where they're going to register, you know, the, the work of it is done. That that meeting, the sitting down and trying to plan out your life for, and schedule for that semester and things, right? So, right. Yeah. That, again, that's the biggest bulk of the um, 
activity is going to be with your academic advisor and on your own trying to figure out what section of a course you want and mm -hmm. trying to work your schedule around things like work or athletics or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And the one other thing I was thinking about is students, in order to be able to register, have to have a PIN number too, right? So they don't need just the course number. They can't do anything if they don't have their PIN number. Correct. Then the PIN number um, is with the academic advisor. Okay. And if you're switching majors or something like that, the departmental secretaries have a list of all the PIN numbers. Mm -hmm. So they're able to uh, access that for the student if they need to meet with a different academic advisor. Great. Um, so if somebody is having a bit of a hard time with things, they can then just stop by your office or if it's something specific to needing that permission or something, they can go to the department office and get some help from the the secretaries or people or the professor in that department? Absolutely. The, we encourage students to first try to meet with the, either the department chair mm -hmm. or their academic advisor um, or another instructor in that discipline. If they can't do that, they can certainly come to the registrar's office or to academic advising. And for people who don't know where the registrar's office is, where is it located? registrar's office is found on uh, the first floor of Old Main. Uh, 104, and we have a big window with registrar's office. So it shouldn't be too difficult to find it once you get in the building. Yeah, it's kind of a nice little packet there because you've got the cashier's office and the registrar's office and financial aid office right in that that center core on the first floor. So, and it's important yeah. to know we're the only ones that won't take your money. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that myself. So, um, you know, you and I, when we were talking a little bit about setting up this thing just touch briefly on degree works and I want to have us come back to that in more depth a little later but can you talk like in a little you know minute and a half or two minute blurb about what that is and why it's important for students to get to know about it? Yeah degree works is an electronic auditing system and again you can access that through your banner web and what that is is tell you what courses you need to take in order to graduate. One of the things that's very helpful in degree works is if you click on the course that's required, it will tell you when it will be offered during that upcoming term. So you'd be okay. able to look, for example, when we go to the spring registration and look to see when that course is offered mm -hmm. in the spring. Great. I, I know that's a fairly recent thing here. It's only been a couple of years, right, that that's been... Right. It's only been uh, on board for two years, and uh, we're still developing it and mm -hmm. improving on it. Yeah. But it makes things so much handier sometimes for students if they can kind of follow the bouncing ball and don't have to necessarily keep track of, you know, a program sheet of paper that might get lost in a move or Absolutely, something. and so. it automatically works with the uh, school's system. So it will tell you what courses you're currently in, what courses you um, have already succeeded in. So it's handy, and it's yeah. going to be available for you at 11.50 Mm -hmm. 10 minutes before you have to register yeah. for classes at midnight, you have access to it and not have to worry about discussing things with your academic advisor. That's great. That's great. Um, you know, like I said, we're, we're trying to keep all our podcasts short. So I, I guess just to kind of wrap things up, I'm wondering if you have some general tips or advice for people, not even just first-year students, but, you know, returning students. Sometimes they get a little lazy maybe about, about – uh, registration and what's coming up. What kind of tips or advice do you have for people? Well, again, registration for the spring term will start in November, mm -hmm. and then in 
late March, early April, we'll start registration for the following fall semester. It's important for students to really understand those two dates and work a couple weeks ahead of that those dates to meet with their academic advisor mm -hmm. and also clear up any financial issues mm -hmm. they may have because if there is a financial hold, they're not going to be able to register. And right. that's something that's out of our control. Right. So students should really contact and make sure they're in touch with the cashier's office to make sure things are clear. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've discovered over the years is that, you know, when you come to, to college, you're really in charge of your own fate there. And so making sure that you have all that information that, you know, is your bill paid, even if your mom and dad are still, you know, helping out by paying the bill, you got to make sure that they got things in on time and that you've met with that advisor. And, and we've talked, you know, I, I think when we were talking with, with Isabel about meeting with that advisor, making sure if you know that registration's coming up in middle of October, don't wait until the day before your, your registration time to make, try to make an appointment with your advisor because they've got 30 or 40 other students maybe who are trying, they're trying to advise too. And so you might not be able to get in with them and, and doing some of that work, you know, pre- the, the rush yeah. is a good thing. And also not to be afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. I think everyone who goes to college for the first time, they want to be adults, they want to be mm -hmm. independent, but it's also okay to still ask for help, and mm -hmm. that's what we're here to do. Yep, and there's lots of help out there because we do have the Academic Advising Center. We've got your own advisors. If you live on campus, the academic resource mentors can be really helpful for you. In fact, a lot of times it, when it comes time for people's registration date, they'll hold parties in the hall and, you know, have some coffee and snacks and things for people as they wait. And then everyone, you know, does their log on and, and gets their things going too. So there's lots of places out there for you to get that kind of help if you need it. Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. and not to be afraid to ask an upperclassman. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not yep. like high school. You know, the upperclassmen are not going to tell you that the swimming pool is on the top floor of yep. a building, um, <laughs> that you're more than welcome to, you know, they're going to help you out and they're mm -hmm. going to work with you. Yeah. I think, um, he said, just as a reminder to everyone, if you don't know where the registrar's office is, it's on the first floor in Old Main, and uh, it's very convenient and well-marked and things, but... <laughs> Any any other thoughts that you want to? No, I think that's it. I'm, the big thing is just uh, watch watch the calendar, and mm -hmm. the academic calendar has the tentative dates for registration, mm -hmm. and we're here to help. And watch your email so that you Absolutely. know when it's coming. Yep. And I think um, you know one of the things too for if you're a new student, um, your registration time is going to be closer to the end of registration than to the start of registration. So you do want to be prepared, and you maybe want to have a backup plan. Absolutely. Uh -huh. The uh, priority is first given to uh, what we call special populations. Mm -hmm. It could be a, uh, a veteran, honors student, um, some athletes, because they have to get into class and get to mm -hmm. their uh, activities. We also then go starting with seniors, juniors, sophomores, and then down to freshmen. So. Mm -hmm. Although you may be frustrated being at the bottom of the list the first year. You don't year, stay but there you, long. You're yeah. going to move forward, so yeah. not to yeah. worry. Well, I think that's going to do it for us for this episode. So I really want to thank you, Keith, um, our registrar, 
for taking some time out of the day to come over and talk with us. And I know that the process can seem intimidating at first, but I think everyone here works really hard to make it as easy as possible. And I know from interactions with your office and the staff there that they're, they're committed to making this as pain-free as possible to Absolutely. students. So um, I do appreciate your taking the time to be with us. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening in. And if you have any questions that came about from today's podcast that we didn't answer um, or that came up as you were listening to this and thinking about it, feel free to give me an email at griffinm at wcsu.edu. Also, if you have ideas for topics that you would like us to cover, please send me an email there too. And I think that'll wrap things up for us in this episode of Gavin Grow. So thanks for listening.